Emergency! Emergency! <laughs> the house passed some revenue! Should get like a auga. Auga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's a sound effect somewhere. Attention, right. attention, citizens. The House of Representatives has achieved the three fourths majority and passed revenue for the first time in 20 years. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Pod This, an emergency pod. Big news happened yesterday. The Oklahoma House of Representatives passed uh, a big revenue package, uh, which, in, which means they passed some tax increases for the first time in 20 years. Uh, 20, 28 years. 28 years. 28 years. That's right. Almost my entire life. Yeah, it's been... Give uh, or take a decade. It's been a minute. So, um, so the big... So they really passed a revenue bill, uh, and so we're going to talk through what the bill uh, is or what it contains, the spending bills that go along with it. So there's one revenue bill and yeah, 10 kind of spending bills, and then we'll talk through responses and what happens next. So this will be short episode. Delightful. But very important. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's a lot going on for... Um, did you watch Did you watch much of the debate last night? Or no, I watched... Really? I had class. Oh, zero. Yeah, that's right. Your class. It was it was interesting. It was good, particularly on the on the first bill. Um, we can talk about that as we get into it. You got okay. you got a nice graphic here for us with a list of the bills. You want to take us through it? Yeah. So House Bill ten ten XX. As a reminder, these bills all happened during the second special session, which is still going on today. So that really, this is essentially work from last year that they're still doing. So House Bill ten ten double X raises the gross production tax, the GPT incentive rate from two to 5%. Remember the, the quote real rate is 7% and they get a discount. They've been getting a 5% discount down to two. Now it's just a 2% down to five. Yeah. So it does that. Um, it adds a $5 per room tax on hotel stays. I heard that may also include Airbnbs. We'll see. Uh, it also adds a three cent per gallon increase to uh, gasoline tax. It adds a six cents per gallon increase to diesel tax, and it adds a one dollar per pack cigarette tax and some other tobacco taxes. Yeah, so this is really um, this is kind of the latest version of the revenue plans that have been circulating around the Capitol for the last several months now. This is not exactly like Step Up. It's not exactly like A Plus. It has elements of both, as well as some some new some new things that we hadn't seen. The before. hotel thing is new. Yeah, the hotel motel tax is. Uh, a, a fairly significant change just because it's a brand new component we hadn't heard talked about. Um, the other change that I think is fairly significant um, is the the motor fuel tax. We've previously been talking about six cents a gallon on both gasoline and diesel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is three cents on gas, six cents on diesel. So that's a fairly significant change as well. And then lastly, um, instead of the dollar fifty, which we had to have per tax pack. on per pack tax, yep. which we'd had on both previous bills and discussed two years ago right. and last year and this year. Right. This is down to uh, $1. Right. So. Well, and we'd seen another bill that proposed a 75 cent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think from the Dems, somebody from the Dems or the tobacco lobby, someone. <laughs> All right. So, um, so that's the revenue bill. And then, so that's where the money comes from. And because those are revenue raising measures and these are new taxes, um, it would they required a three fourths majority. That's seventy six votes in the House to pass, and no bill in the past twenty eight twenty nine years has received that. We got close a couple of weeks ago, but this 
did finally. Yeah. Last time this happened was House Bill 1017, which passed in 1990, which was the last time we had a big revenue package that was geared specifically towards education. Right. That it was, was basically and, the same thing, but 30 years ago. Yeah. And so that's the bill that inspired State Question 640, which is why we have the supermajority requirement. So I guess if we're, if we're getting real technical, since the, since the state of Oklahoma amended our constitution in 1992, after state question 640, the legislature has never reached the three-fourths threshold mm-hmm. needed to raise taxes. Right. This right. is the first time it's ever happened. Which is the reason, I guess, this is being classified as historic. Yeah. So let's run through the revenue uh, or the uh, spending items real quick. I'll just highlight them. We need to do that, but there's two other bills in here that are going to generate money. Oh, I left those off. They're, no, you don't. They're here. So they're, But they didn't require a three-fourths majority, mm. so they're not classified They're not classified as revenue-raising bills. Mm-hmm. There's this, this is a bill that – these are bills that um, kind of through some parliamentary legislative language can be said to not be – not oh, raising yes. revenue because the revenue is incidental. It's not the purpose of the bill. Right. So there's a cap on itemized deductions on income tax returns. So it's going to cap that at 17000 It exempts charitable deductions, and this will affect mostly high earners. There's another bill that allows for casino games involving balls and dice to be administered in Oklahoma casinos. So those are – that will bring in revenue because the increased – um, spending of money at casinos is increased money on which the state will collect taxes. Right, right. So those are the other two bills he'll hear that will bring in revenue that can be used to fund the spending priorities. So really it's uh, House Bill 1010, 1011, and 1013 are the three big ones. Yeah. There was a 1012 and they didn't hear it. So, um, all right, so those that's the revenue bills, 1010, 1011, 1013. And then the spending bills are House Bill 3705, um, which isn't really a spending bill. That is the appropriations bill, the budget bill for the Department of Education. And again, perhaps historic, this is only the second time that they've that they've fulfilled their constitutional duty to pass an education budget before April 1st. Last year, this got some press. Yeah. And this year, it's getting press because they actually did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's a whole other... Talk of numbers, so, uh, in that case, we'll jump ahead. So House Bill 1014 at XX accounts, uh, the, the fuel and diesel taxes are going to the roads fund. Um, and they're really, it's just like kind of bumping some money so that it goes to roads and then more general revenue goes into education. It's shifting things around. Yeah. So right now there's the roads fund is what you know, funds transportation projects in Oklahoma. Right now there's money from general revenue going into the roads fund. This new tax on gas and diesel will replace that money. Right. So that, that money will no longer flow out of general revenue. They will stay in the general revenue fund where the legislature can appropriate it. Right. Uh, House bill 1015 extends um, the existing exemptions um, for fuel and diesel taxes um, to the new taxes that are added. Uh, House Bill 1016 creates the Healthcare Enhancement Fund. So this is related to the cigarette tax. This is where the money that's collected from the tobacco taxes will go into this Healthcare Enhancement Fund. What what are they going to spend the money on? Enhancing healthcare? I hope. That sounds like someone's tagline. Enhancing healthcare. Indeed. Um, House Bill 10-18-18 places a limit on the sale of cigarette excise tax stamps. There's a lot of work involved in selling and buying cigarettes these days. Maybe we should just quit. 
I mean, it seems like it would make sense. Your lungs would appreciate it. And so would the rest of us. <laughs> right. Uh, House Bill 1023 sets up a new pay scale for teachers, which is really... So they this money is going to generate um, what amounts to a $5,000 pay raise for most teachers and then like a 70, up to a $7,700 pay raise for veteran teachers. It just shifts the pay scale up, which means if a teacher is currently making a salary that is outside the their pay scale, the scale will shift up and then it will be up to the district if they want to shift that teacher salary up as well. Right. So this bill changes the state minimum salary schedule. So for example, if I live in, uh, is there a town in Oklahoma called Waterton? Not that you know of? I don't know. Okay. That's a made up town. So if there's a real Waterton, I'm sorry. Um, if I live in Waterton, Oklahoma, and Waterton, Oklahoma pays a teacher with a master's degree who's been teaching for 10 years, if they pay that teacher $50,000, okay, and the state minimum is currently $40,000, but now the new state minimum is $47,000, I won't actually get a raise. Unless the district votes to give you a raise. Exactly, because I'm already, my salary is already above mm-hmm. the new state minimum Mm -hmm. so it's a it's it's a little bit of a it's it's a little kind of gimmicky in that way Mm -hmm. um because teachers who work in districts that are well funded or more well funded than other districts may not see as big a benefit right uh house bill 1024 provides for public employee raises which is another big part of this and then 1026 provides a one thousand two hundred and fifty dollar pay raise for school support staff So um, the initial ask from teachers from, we'll say from OEA and many teachers, most teachers perhaps, um, was for a pay raise for teachers, support staff, public employees, and for some additional classroom spending. As well as additional funding for healthcare. Restoration of healthcare cuts to the tune of $235 million. Does this deal provide for all of that? So I think it's yes and no. I think that if you look at what... OEA, that what they asked for for their teachers specifically, this gets most of the way there. They asked for six thousand a year in the first year, and I think that uh, on average, if you kind of plot this out, the average raise for teachers is going to be about fifty eight hundred. So it's close to six thousand. Um, it does give a raise for support staff. OEA had asked, I believe, for twenty five hundred for support staff. This gives twelve fifty. Um, they had asked for 2500 for public employee raises. I think that this really falls short in terms of public employee raises. Um, they had asked, like I said, for 2500 across the board. This, I think the most it gives is 1500 mm. and that is only for public employees currently making less than 40 I believe if you make less than 45 it's $1,000. And if you make less than 50000 it's like 750 Right, so, so it's coming out to $100 or less per month, which is not much. After, before taxes, right? right so after taxes, right. you're getting like 83 maybe probably less than that, $75. Particularly when you consider the people who are going to be over $50,000 are the people who have been employed by the state for the longest time right, most who time. have gone the longest time without a raise. So this really, I don't think, gets there in terms of the public employee raises and it only gets about halfway there in terms of support staff. Yeah. In terms of school, like classroom funding, this adds fifty million in uh, new classroom funding. They asked for seventy-five, so that's two thirds. This bill 
gives zero offer uh, in terms of the healthcare spending that they'd asked for. Mm-hmm. So that asked for two hundred thirty million. This is uh, not a so. And let's not forget that the state is still dealing with a one hundred and eighty million dollar budget shortfall for this year. Right. Um, so there's that. So let's talk about the responses so far. Um, on the, I'll, I'll start with the pro side, those in favor, those in support of this, these bills, um, a whole lot of folks. Uh, I just got an email from uh, OICA, the Oklahoma Institute for Child Advocacy. They were in support. Um, I think a lot of organizations, and I think just at face value, the public would see this as a win because, hey, we got to teacher pay raise, it's recurring revenue, public employee pay raise. We got most of what we ask for. They got most of what they ask for. And and so people would see this as a win. And certainly members of the House felt like this was a victory. These were pretty substantial margins for most of these. Um, and certainly the spending ones had a bigger margin, but... Um, 79.19 in the House for uh, House Bill 1010. Right, which sounds, I guess that, to be clear, that sounds like an enormous margin, but it's barely over the threshold that we needed, right? I mean, it's, I mean that's true, but it's still... It's still significant. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was watching the debate. I was watching the Twitter. Um, I was we were with some friends. It actually got it got seventy six quicker than I thought mm-hmm. that I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I were texting earlier in the day. I was not at all convinced that this was going to pass. Period. Um, and I thought that it would that would probably take a while if it did. Right. Well, and the deal was I went to the Capitol around three o'clock, and we didn't have any language in the bill yet. They expected to have the language around five. So that basically it leaked out. Here's what the deal is. We're writing the bill right now. And many people, Representative Jason Murphy being one, was like, listen, this is not how we're supposed to do this. Like, we should have language we can look at, we can debate further. But I think at this point, we all know, anyone who, who pays close attention to the legislature knows that like that's not how this happens unfortunately right and even even during question question and answer and then during debate last night there were several members debating against the bill that brought that up we've had this language for mm-hmm. 3 hours and the answer was always yeah you've had the language for 3 hours the outlines of this have been employed we've been talking right. about this for it's 15 months this right. is like this is not a shock to anyone people are saying we haven't heard from our constituents if you haven't heard from your constituents on this bill you haven't been paying attention right like you you don't answer your email or your phones or something right because and that's the tough part is that it's not every single like the recipe doesn't boil down to just the exact things like this in many ways gets to the the spirit of what people are asking for however some folks are not happy about it Namely, uh, OEA, the Oklahoma Employees Association, the teachers' membership organization. It's not technically a union, but we'll say the teachers' union. And then uh, their counterpart, the Oklahoma Public Employees Association, both under pressure, like everyone said, are you guys still going to march? Like, what's up? And they both said, yeah. You know what? We ask for a lot more than this, and this is great. We'll we're happy that we got this much, but it's not remotely what we ask for. We want more. Uh, we demand more. We still plan to march on April 2nd. You know, I'm I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, and hopefully I'm not out of line here. I love teachers. I like the OEA. And if anyone from OEA is listening and would like to come on and shoot me down, I'm... With please, a board member please, that works for OEA. Please. It's true. <laughs> I, I don't know how OEA feels about this bill. I don't know. Because last night, last night, you know, during debate, 
as the votes are coming in, shortly after it passes, we get statements, we get Twitters, uh, tweets, <laughs> Twitters, we get tweets. We get the Twitters. <laughs> we, we get them Twitters. We get tweets that are saying, this changes, you know, this changes nothing. We'll still be at the Capitol April 2nd. Everything is still happening. Our demands are our demands. This doesn't get us there. But then today, there's a press conference, and OEA comes out and says, well, you know, we want to see what happens. We're definitely going to be here on April 2nd. But we really don't know what happens after that. What happens after that depends on what happens in the Senate and whether the governor signs it. Like, if you think this bill is not good enough, I mean, I don't disagree with you at all. But, like, say that. You know what I mean? Like, if this is not good enough, say it's not good enough. We don't say, like, we're not going to accept it and we're still striking and this doesn't change anything. Right. If you think that this, if you think that this is a good enough first step, then say, yeah, this is great. As a first step, we'll accept this as a first step, but it does nothing to address years two and three. Or if you think this is a great bill, come out and say that. Like I just, I, I feel like the response from OEA specifically has been a little wishy-washy, and that confuses me. And I think if I was a if I was a senator who was going to be faced with voting on this tomorrow, I would like to I would like to know more clearly. Where does OEA stand on the bill? Right, and we and we saw last night some people on Twitter, some legislators, kind of calling out OEA, saying like, "Hey, listen, this is if you're going to be in the organizing business, like you need to get your stuff together. You need to really figure out what you're doing." Um, and and it was almost I don't know if it was harsh, but it was you don't usually. It was like Corey Williams, who's a, a pretty left leaning Democrat, that was kind of calling him out, and it's like you don't usually see left leaning politicians calling out teachers unions. Right. Right. And that, and I just, yeah, I, I've been a little, I've been a little confused by OEA's response, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Uh, another interesting response I think was from Senator Greg treat, who's the uh, majority leader now. And he is elected to be the, the pro tem next year. Senator treat initially said uh, yesterday when this passed, you know, people said, well, what's the big deal? Like, how how did 5% GPT get through when oil and gas has been, uh, you know, they were kind of lambasting 4%, saying like 4% was going to decimate their industry and that there's no way they could survive and they didn't need it. And and Treat said, I think it's a little bit of uh, crying wolf um, because oil and gas did say, oh, 4% would be just terrible, be devastating. Uh, and then they came back and were like, "Hey, you know, four percent's not that bad. We, it's okay. Let's just go with four percent." You're, you're referring to the step up plan that right. oil and gas were they were behind it, right? So like, and you can't. It's just like a uh, whoever it said that said before I was supported it, I was against it, and it's like, right? Yeah, we we saw your flip flop, and that totally undercut your credibility with us as the legislature. Um, so that was kind of funny. I think just yeah. to see that and to have a Republican senator call it out and be like, yeah, these guys messed up their messaging too. No, I mean, hundred percent. So anyway, um, also treat had a press conference today to discuss what, uh, his expectations or something, what he thinks is going to happen, um, in the Senate this week, because now that the house has passed it, it goes to the Senate. They can't hear it today on Tuesday, but they could hear it tomorrow on Wednesday. Yeah, and Senator Treat said today, you know, they haven't whipped the bill yet. Because um, it just came out last right. night at like nine. Yeah, they or came. 10. They um, the Senate went into session this afternoon. They were in session briefly, and then basically went straight to caucus. Um, so Dems and ours were both caucusing this afternoon, presumably talking about the bill. You know, I would think 
I would think that the votes in the Senate are there. You know, it got through the House, and that's been the that's been the hurdle we haven't been able to get right. past. However, Senate leadership has been very vocal about saying this was a deal crafted between House Republicans and House Democrats. It didn't involve the governor's office, and it didn't involve Senate leadership. That's what they're saying publicly. Right. So they basically have not committed themselves or their members to passing the bill, number one. Number two, you know, we were hearing kind of from some, some rumblings in the ground today, there was a, a post earlier that said that this thing was like dead on arrival in the Senate. Now, I don't know if that's I because... I imagine that would be true. The only way I can imagine it being true is when the initial posture from OEA was like, this doesn't change anything. Oh, so right. if this doesn't, you know, if this doesn't change anything, if we're still going to strike for a week or two weeks or a month or whatever, then why as Senate leadership would you ask your membership to take what for some of them is maybe a risky vote? Yeah, but the Senate has already passed like multiple revenue increases that look very similar to this. But not with a GPT of 5%. No, but they'll do it. If the House will do it, the Senate will do it. No, I agree. I'm not I'm not saying that they can't or they won't. I'm just saying if that's not going to forestall the public outcry and striking and right, kids right, out right. of school, do you ask your membership to take that vote? Oh, right. I'm not when I say dead, I don't mean that it's not that it wouldn't pass or couldn't pass. I mean like would it get heard? Right. Oh, yeah, if they didn't hear it at all, holy crap. Like that would be just a blatant slap in the face of the house and i'm afraid and i think everyone else in the state is too that if that happened the house would not pass another package yeah i mean here's the, the senate's passed package after package because they've got a like a super duper majority and they can pass whatever they want with one right. party so they can keep doing that but and the the holdup has been in the house and now it's flipped now the house has passed something so the senate the the pressure's on them and I can't imagine that uh, the Senator Schultz and Treat would let would let this slip by because a bird in one hand is better than two in the bush. I don't disagree with you at all. I'm just saying there were some rumblings earlier that that. Well, and they maybe they've got to do that to curry favor sure. and give people hope that like sure. we agree this is not good enough, but we're still gonna pass it <laughs> right, anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, another interesting reaction, uh, Senator Greg McCourtney, who we had. Oh uh, yeah, friend of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod. I'll say it. I don't. He was supportive the other day. Absolutely, he was. Great guest for us last week. Uh, he uh, tweeted shortly after the vote closed. Um, he said, since the since 1010 passed, House Bill 1010 passed, he said, I've gotten 18 emails. That's right. 17 of them have been from teachers, and all 17 are opposed. So, Which tells me that those 17 folks were um, the, probably the most highly engaged teachers who were paying attention. Yeah. I'm really curious if they were all in his district or they were just teachers who... Yeah sitting at home um but i did tweet back at him and i said like uh i asked some question and he said it sounds like oh i said will you vote on it on wednesday and he said like maybe but it sounds like a great day for capital day and i was like that's right because Absolutely. tomorrow and hopefully th- i will get this podcast posted tonight on tuesday lord help me um but if you're listening to this uh, late at night on tuesday or perhaps on your way to work on wednesday don't forget, Wednesday, March 28th, is our first capital day of the year. It's also my birthday, so you should definitely come, because it'll make me happy. Um, and so 
this is a big deal because when have we ever had an opportunity to be at the Capitol before a big funding, big education bill, something that matters, that impacts the lives of everyday Oklahomans? When have we been there for that to happen? Well, we were there the very first year in 2016, but it was a little bit late in the game for that. But here's a, you've got a real chance that if you're there, we're going to be meeting in the Blue Room, which is on the Senate side of the building. So come and meet with us at 9 o'clock in the morning in the Blue Room, and then go right upstairs, or even on the same floor. Well, I guess maybe just the governor is on that floor, but go upstairs um, to the 3rd or the 4th or the 5th floor and visit with your senator and let them know how you feel about this. I've got a flyer here before me that I prepared a short time ago that lists all of these bills and what they what they raise, what they spend, um, components of the deal. It's on our website, on our uh, letsfixthisok.org slash resources. You can find it on there. I also tweeted it and put it on Facebook a little while ago so that you can take a look at that and at least have the numbers in one part of your brain and the description in the other so that when you go into your legislator's office, you can ask that senator to vote for it or vote against it and tell them why. And if you want to go to your House of Representatives member and talk to them and um, tell them you appreciate their vote or you appreciate their vote against it, if, um, if that's how you lean, we encourage you to do that because whether you agree or not, these men and women have a pretty thankless job sometimes. And it takes a lot of courage and a lot of time and effort to sit up there and to be the butt of jokes and to be the uh, the tail end of... Uh, of frustration for, you know, roughly 4 million Oklahomans year in and year out. So do we need to get into what John Bennett said last night? No, mercy. No, it was in the New York Times or something. CNN, something national quoted him yesterday, and I don't even remember what he said. said, maybe if we spanked our kids... Harder and more often at home, our teachers and more often our teachers wouldn't have so many issues in the classroom. Sweet sassy molassy. Um, nice. I have it on good authority that John Bennett will face a very significant and substantial challenger in 2020. Really? Yes. Why 2020? He's up in 2018. They. It takes some time to get together a ground game in Salazar, Oklahoma. <laughs> Does it really? It <laughs> does. Um, but uh, I had someone joke that they want to attend his watch party at the end just to see him cry. Um, now that, I will be honest, that is a little more pointed than we typically get on this, but I think we can all agree on both sides of the aisle that Representative John Bennett is a polarizing figure, and I know that there are many in that state house that disagree with him. Um now, he represents a very specific caucus, a very specific constituency, and they are people, too. We just disagree on a whole lot of stuff. So I have the whole quote here. If we're going um, to lambast him for saying this, we want to make sure we get it correct. That's true. Uh, so the quote, money is not the number one issue. Maybe if we spanked our kids at home a little better with a paddle, made them mind and be good kids... The teachers wouldn't have it so hard in the classrooms. I want to take issue with the phrasing with a paddle. Because if memory serves, 
the technical definition of child abuse used in a court of law is anything other than a open hand to a bare buttocks. This is what I was trained as a therapist because I've had to report folks for child abuse. And his description is child abuse. That is correct. I will ask your wife that because I think she deals with the same um, patient population and she might correct me, but that's my recollection. No, that is correct. Oh, I guess you would know as a pediatrician. Yeah, and this is also, like, that goes against every recommendation from the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, the American Social Workers Organizations. Um, Yeah, it just... Please don't beat your children with a paddle. Right. Um, well, we'll end on <laughs> That's that enough note. about that. <laughs> uh, so hopefully um, we'll, we will see many of you at our Capitol Day. I've got a whole bunch of red buttons loaded up, some flyers, some letter to my legislators, and uh, I'm excited for it. I'll stand a little taller tomorrow as I'll be 37 years old. Nice. All right, well, that brings us to the end of this emergency podcast episode. We'll be back for our usual pod on Thursday, recapping all the action or non-action in the Senate tomorrow and see where we are in terms of strikes and walkouts headed into next week. Um, remember, you can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Fix This OK. Scott is at SC Melson. I am at Andy OKC. You can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash let's fix this okay. Basically, just Google let's fix this okay. and Hopefully, you'll find us one way or the other. Um, we're on YouTube as well, but we don't have a uh, vanity plate over there just yet. Uh, our podcast is edited by Scott and me, and Let's Pod This is a member of the Mostly Harmless Media Network here in Oklahoma City. Our theme music is provided by The Effervescent. Sugar Free All Stars. Let's Fix This is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization who strives to educate and equip all Oklahomans to engage with their government. We encourage you to get involved any way you can, particularly by coming to a Capitol Day and meeting those folks face to face. Shake their hand, tell them your address, and that you're a constituent and that you care about whatever for whatever reason. That's really all we care about. Uh, remember, decisions are made by those who show up. 